This podcast, The Two Mats, is sponsored as ever by the New European Newspaper. And we've got a very special subscription offer for you, a new one, where you can get a free bollocks to Brexit passport cover. That's right, you heard that right, folks. It's a burgundy, like vegan leather, beautifully designed passport cover. Pleather. To, to have pleather, that's what, that's what they call it, isn't it? Pleather. To hide your um, new British blue. The shame of the, the blue shame, The shame passport. of the blue passport. And you can get your free bollocks to Brexit passport cover free with a subscription to the New European from just £1 a week. So to take this fantastic offer, and trust me, if you like this podcast, you will absolutely love the New European, go to theneweuropean.co.uk forward slash two mats. That's the number two, M-A-T-T-S, and there's a link in the show notes. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hello. And welcome to the New European Podcast. My name is Richard Porritt. I'm joined by Steve Anglesey. Hello, snowflakes. It's not been that long, has it, since we... No, the last time we spoke... Yeah. Uh, we spoke... The, yeah, I mean, we what, spoke... 40 hours? Just after the, the resignations. It was yeah. great then, wasn't it? Everything two, was The rosy. two worst and laziest members of the Cabinet had resigned. Oh, joy. It was going to be sunny forever, summer was going to last forever, and England were going to win the World Cup. Yeah. And now... Well, the resignations are still in. Yeah. The rest of it's sort Football of to put. not coming home, after all. Football's going to It's going to rain here next week in Norwich. Is it going to rain? It's a bit cloudy now. It's going to rain uh, in Norwich. Trump, gonna... Trump is here. Trump's here. Um, Did you see his brilliant quote? Brexit. I am a very stable genius. A very stable genius, that's, <laughs> that's what good. He said. That's good. It's extraordinary. And on top of all that, we're talking about stockpiling processed food, aren't we? And <laughs> sailing a flotilla of boats with generators on them to Ireland <laughs> to keep the lights on after we have a no-deal Brexit. Oh so, What is your favourite processed food? Processed food? The canned bacon mm. has been processed. Well, I was going to say, is a sausage yeah. processed? I think it is, yeah. isn't it? Well, that's all right. If, if Brexit means bacon and sausage, I'm in. Yeah, that's it, yeah. Bacon wrapped in... Why is sausage wrapped in bacon so, so delicious? Nice? Or is it, well, yeah, it's served only once a year, though, isn't it, really? So, oh, no. Or Mark, maybe not in your house. No, well, in Marks and Spencer's do this incredible thing. Do you they? can buy We're so bacon. metropolitan elite, aren't we, the Marks and Spencer's? Bacon wrapped in sausage. But they also do cheese with bacon Oh, cheese, it. yeah. Oh, man, I'm getting some of that tonight. Excellent news. Yeah. Brexit. Brexit food, that. Brexit food, prime Brexit food. So do, we, so do we want to go on? Sorry. No, I was going to talk about these generators. The generators, yeah. Have you seen them? Well, 
No. <laughs> they're um, they're like um, they're like it's basically a barge with one of those things that you can buy to plug your USB <laughs> in to power your phone. The one from I've, the garage, yeah, like, yeah. that you get from the that you get from the garage. The one I've seen, I, I saw a picture of one earlier on, and it's got a lot of sort of quite impressively different coloured sort of stacked right. cubes, right? And it's but it is essentially a barge with a with a generator on it. And um, we're gonna but we're gonna sneak it into a plug-in island. We're we? gonna sail them over there, yeah, <laughs> and that's gonna. Provide power for the old. Uh, the, the, well, we're going to return to the the people of Ireland when we do the Brexiteer of the of the of the week. But that is going to provide power on Craggy Island and the <laughs> island of Craggy Island. Yeah. Okay. Great. So, bit of fallout from the resignations. Yes. Um, I'm still enjoying the resignations. It's fantastic to see those two charlatans out of office. Do you think Theresa May's worried that we haven't heard from Boris yet, though? Uh, no, I think she's delighted. I think she knows that he's lazy. He's planning an intervention, clearly, at some point. But, you know... What can he do, though? I mean, I know we spoke about this on the on the Extra Extra special pod during the week, but I, I'm not really sure what he can do. Well, he's hoping that this drip, drip of resignations... But that's stopped, it? It has yeah. stopped, yeah, yeah, it, stopped. it has stopped. And and some of the some of the names, some of the big bigger names that people were saying haven't happened. I mean, obviously, yeah, Gov's on board. I think that's hugely important. Yes, um, and I just, yeah, I think that I when think the Goves leave the tower, that is when <laughs> the, uh, the 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 kingdom will fall, basically, isn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely. I think that she has once again. Struggled through, stumbled. She stumbled. Through. She stumbled through. Stumbles yeah. On. But now, after this one, I think actually I can't see now her being toppled before Brexit. Well, so what? I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? So the main opposition to all this, apart from obviously David Davis and Boris Johnson, who are—I mean, David Davis is going around <coughs> muttering darkly, isn't he? But he's an ineffective <coughs> fool at the, at the best, isn't he? To so, be fair to him, though. To be fair to him. At least he had a principle. I'm not sure quite that's the right word, but you know yeah. what I mean. He had something that he could, just couldn't believe in. Whereas Boris weighed up whether he could get anything out of believing in it. Well, I think he actually had decided he, he did believe in it, and then Toasted when David it. and then when Davis resigned, yeah. Yeah. he knew that he'd have to do that or or just be um, a figure of fun forever. Absolutely. The interesting thing, the interesting developments over the week have been. Around the ERG, haven't they? The the Europe Re- European Reform Group, which is headed by Jacob Rees-Mogg. But yeah. even so, there Mogu. seems to be a, a split there, doesn't there? Because on the one hand, you've got Jacob Rees-Mogg, and we can talk about all the things that he's proposing in a minute. And on the other hand, you've got people like uh, Patrick uh, Bernard Jenkin, rather, who mm. is who is one of the most you know headbangery yeah, yeah. of hard Brexit headbangers, Brexit-y. saying. Brexit McBrexit face. He is totally yeah. saying we support the PM, yeah. and we've got Andrea Jenkins, who is, I mean, a ludicrous figure, off the scale bonkers, off the scale batshit uh, craziness. Who, who is saying we support her, but you know she's not going to be able to give any more ground to the EU, and if she, she is inevitably going to be asked to give more yeah, ground yeah, yeah, by yeah. the EU, and. So maybe they're keeping the powder dry for that. But it's interesting that Jacob Rees-Mogg, who is in charge of this bunch and is trying to turn them in, the ERG into some like the SPG used to be in the, <laughs> the 70s and 80s, the, the special patrol group, some sort of you know 
the the they like you know he's, I think he sort of sees himself as the Professor Griff of <laughs> uh, of of Brexit, doesn't he? Yeah. And they they are his security of the first world. Yeah. Um, and first of all, uh, they have suggested. Uh, well, first of all, he said that that everybody hard all Brexiteers should join the Conservative Party, like momentum. Mm. and take over the Conservative Party mm. from within, which is quite a, an extraordinary thing to say. He actually said, I, I've written this down, he said, it isn't our party, it, it is our party, it isn't Theresa May's party, it wasn't David Cameron's party, it is our party. He's basically said, it's my, my party, party, isn't it? And I'll cry if I, <laughs> if I want to, I suppose. So he wants to overturn the Conservative Party from within. He was promising a resignation a day, that's not happened. He's come out and said that um, he's going to table four amendments to this trade bill, which would only succeed if he could persuade Labour to vote with him, I think, Mm. uh, which frankly isn't going to happen, surely, even to embarrass Theresa May. I don't know. Mm. Um, And then he's also said that they're going to force Theresa May to publish a rival draft of the white paper, which David Davis said he'd drawn up. Now, there's a problem with that, isn't there? Because he said he's drawn up quite a few papers in the past, David Davis. And what if it is just a, a napkin? Well, he's leaked He's leaked that. Um, it's just beginning to leak as we speak, yeah, yeah. actually. Um, and so it is an actual thing, is it? Well, yeah, It's maybe. not just a copy I mean, of the uh, Chequers Agreement with... <laughs> David some... Davis is... Checkers agreement. Yeah, some jam yeah. stains on it and uh, no written I'm on sure in trail. I'm sure it's ludicrous. But um But yeah. You know what I think? He's not really got the numbers though, has he, Moggy? And they've got not got the numbers at the moment. Well they've not got the they've got the numbers to spark a leadership contest, but she will win. Yeah. So uh, the ERG have always said we support the Prime Minister. That's been their sort of opening mantra. We always support yeah. the Prime Minister and here's what we're gonna do to, to you know, unstable. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's how Mogg's done it since he took over. So the fact that Jenkins is saying we support the Prime Minister, I mean, you know, I, I'm not, I, they clearly don't support the Prime Minister, or else yeah, they would be shutting yeah. up. But do you know what I think? Mm. I think that one of these levers needs to be properly brave, like Boris or yeah. Jacob. Or, it's not going their way now. Theresa May has got. As, is probably as powerful now as she's been actually since she yeah. since she started because she's seen off Boris, she's seen off Davis, she's yeah, still finally. she's got her, yeah. Well, this bit so, of a plan has worked, hasn't it? it, has, it? She's, it she's, has. she's she's modelled this scenario. Well, I see. I'm not sure, but it's worked out worked out right for her to the, at this point. But she's not going to ever say, "All right, here's my final deal. Let's take it to the country." Yeah. That might be the hard Brexiteers only chance mm. of getting what they want now. Yeah, yeah, it could be. Yeah. So. If I was a hard Brexiteer, yeah. that is what I would be saying. All right, bring us your deal. We'll ask the country if they want your deal, no deal, or stay in the EU. Right. What do yeah. you reckon? Well, I think that's... Will it. they do it, though? I don't think they no, will they do it, because not. they'd be too scared be of, too of scared. any sort of Brexit yeah. being... And I think that increasingly, some of them, the more sensible ones, think, well, let's just get out now, and you know, the tide will... Turn and we can claw back some of this, and maybe. So why we can... didn't you see? This is a conversation I had with a colleague on on Monday when the in the midst of the resignations. Why not just back it? Yeah, exactly. go go for go to build build yourself up to become prime minister, yeah. or go after that, and then 
start clawing it into your way of thinking. Why do we have to throw toys out the car? Well, well that's, that's exactly what I thought Boris Johnson's strategy was going to be yeah. until the minute that David Davis phoned him up and went, I'm about to resign, and then mm. he, he obviously went cripes. Well, he? I don't know. I think I don't think that decision was made on on Sunday evening or you know after after the British Grand Prix. No, on Boris's part, obviously it was for David Davis. But I think I hats off to him for going to the British Grand Prix as well. Just ring one more VIP <laughs> one trip more freebie, yeah, out yeah. of it. It yeah. is really. I mean, maybe he paid for it, but he was maybe he did. Maybe he did pay for it, but he was certainly stomping around the pit lane, wasn't he? He said, "Yeah, you don't just do that on a normal ticket." No, he, um, no, no. He, uh, but for, you know, but perhaps, he might have, but he, he may well have paid for it. He can tell us if you like. Yeah, you've not got a bit of time on your hands. You can, you can write in, David. It is a great day out at the British Grand Prix. It's a fantastic day out. Yeah, yeah, it is a really, really good day out. So I once, um, I once went to the British Grand Prix in fantastic hospitality. Did I've, you? I've got choppered in. I've got to say, I wasn't choppered in. Um, I looked, nearly needed to be choppered away. <laughs> um, and we went, we were in this box with um, Eddie Jordan was there and oh, various yeah. other people, and it was right on the right above the pits. It's fantastic. Uh, and, you know, the champagne and everything flowed freely all day. Really, really good. And the other member of our box, uh, one of the other members of our box was Danielle Lloyd, the... Um, the, the, then she was a sort of a big time FHME type yeah. of model. And you, I, I don't want to embarrass you, but you were dating her at the time. Oh, well, well she was supposedly dating Lewis Hamilton. But the truth at was. At the time. She'd been you. paid to go there by the Daily Star. Um, and um, they were ticket that we also had tickets to something that we didn't end up going to in the end because I had too much champagne but there was a sort of Eddie Jordan party afterwards yeah. and the um, various bands were going to play yeah. and stuff like this and she was going to attend this and allegedly meet Lewis Hamilton anyway she she sat there all afternoon she didn't drink anything she was on a phone she didn't watch the race at all and she sat on her own sulking about why she had to be there with this woman from the Daily Star who was her minder and um, in the, I was surprised to, um, to to see in the Daily Star and OK magazine a couple of days later her report about what a fantastic time she'd had and what a marvellous sport Formula One was and she was really beginning to like it. Uh, um, so there you go. Celebrity yeah. sickies. Danielle Lloyd. Anyway. Um, she's Brexity. I think she probably is Brexity, isn't she? After after her appearance on Big Brother with the late Jade Goody, I think she was. Oh God, she, she was went on a that. bit. I yeah, went to that. Yeah, I yeah, reported yeah, on that yeah. final, the Big Brother final. On the, I was there yeah. to see Shilpa win. Shilpa Shetty. Yeah, yeah. Keith Vaz was very excited when he invited her to Westminster. He, he loved it, didn't he? He loved Shilpa Shetty. Anyway, so do we think that? How are the EU reacting to to all of this? Well, um, bizarrely. Um, because it seems to me that <laughs> that the EU are now kind of, you know, they're kind of, well, the, the no-deal Brexit is, is back on the table. The ta- tables have turned somewhat, haven't they? Yeah. It's, I think no-deal is off the table as far as we're concerned, only to be replaced by the same no-deal, but it's the EU that are popping it back on the table. Yes. Uh, that's. It. I mean, it's not a strange one, actually. It's perfectly... It's a, it, it is... It, we talked about it being a negotiator, or not we, but Brexiteers talked about it, yeah. about it being a negotiating tactic for us. And now it seems, Barney is told, um, he was speaking at some business event, wasn't he? And he uh, he said, told businesses to prepare for no deal. 
Yes, he did. That's right. I mean, it's sensible. Well, it is sensible. <laughs> it is sensible. I'm sure businesses are. But he's obviously doing that because he's seen, oh, this is a super soft Brexit, Mr. Whippy Brexit. Yeah, yeah. And we could get it even softer. Well, I think there's, I think there is that as well. I think that they are, you know, the big, the, the big sticking point is is the thing that that May has presented. May has presented this as a big ta-da, hasn't she? And it's yeah. like, oh, this solves the problem of the hard border, and we'll be in the, you know, we'll be in the form of the single market, and yes, we'll be a rule taker, but you know, it doesn't really matter. But the central thing is that. What she wants is very like the model that Switzerland have got. Yeah. And the one thing that the EU hates is that they have got this agreement with Switzerland mm. where, you know, it, it, which contravenes their thing, doesn't it? It's yeah. the, there's the free movement of goods without the, um, without the other three freedoms. Well, let me quote... Um uh, Barnier. He, I mean, the, the point we probably should make here briefly is that yes, Theresa May has done this, ta-da, and here it is. But no one's. I mean, we, the white paper hasn't dropped yet, so we haven't seen the full detail of it. But I think the detail that we do know, if you actually look at it in the seriously, sort of scratching your head as to why the EU would agree to a lot yeah, of it. Yeah, exactly, but, and, yeah. and, and here's what here's what Barnier said. Um, we will look carefully each and any proposal of the UK, but these proposals must be workable. Only the combination of the single market and the customs union makes frictionless trade possible. Outside of the customs union, there needs to be procedures and customs control. And outside of the single market, you necessarily have controls to check compliance with European standards. I, I think this is, like, Theresa May has put together what, what is, you know, something that a lot of people will sort of soft leave us and soft remainers perhaps will go oh yeah that seems all right good right yeah 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 let's off we go we've done but it's not gonna be nearly as simple as that because i i can't see i said this on the pod on the on the extra pod we did in the week i can't see why the eu would allow us to have access to their markets and set our own tariffs yeah just 21 miles off their coast yeah 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 that's right and it's and it is coming down to, to to the one of the central arguments of this whole thing isn't it which is you know, yes, we are strategically important to the EU, and yes, we are a massive market for the EU and German cars and all of those kind of things. But what is more important? Is it keeping the club together, keeping the group together, keeping the rules mm, together, yeah, yeah. not letting anybody else prosper by in, through the back door like the Swiss, uh, the EU perceive the Swiss to have done, or or is it, you know, is it us and? The Brexiteers told us that this would never happen, didn't they? They said there's no chance of a no deal anyway, yeah, yeah, because yeah. they need us more than we need them, yeah. and that's we we know that that is not true now. But in, I still the, think there'll be attempts at a compromise. Yes, in the foreword of the white paper, yeah, Dominic Rob, Dominic um, Rob, so Rob. satisfying to say, isn't it? Yeah, he will write. I have it on good authority. Oh, he will write. Yeah. Um, it is a vision that respects the result of the referendum. I see. I disagree with that because the result of the referendum was was nowhere near as detailed as this. We needed to have these discussions before that vote. Well, we didn't did, we? Yeah. I can go over that a million times, can't we? But um, it delivers a principled and practical Brexit. It would take the UK out of the single market and the customs union. Hmm. I mean, I just can't see how. Yeah. No. Me just, neither. No. Me neither. <laughs> Not going to fly. Try words. again.
But guess who is here? Whoa! Yeah? Hail to the chief. Have you, uh, long-term listeners to this pod will know that you bought quite a sizable number of Make America Great hats, didn't you? I did, you? yeah, yeah. I'm, so, I'm, I'm, I'll be selling them. Because you were worried, weren't you, that he wasn't going to come? Well, I was really worried. But now, I'm happy to see that on top of the, I don't know if you saw the aerial shot of the American embassy this yeah. morning, but the old, the pyramid is... is has formed on top of it, and the temple of Goza is now almost complete. <laughs> what happened this morning? They had a they had a camera, and um, the gatekeeper and the keymaster Nigel Farage and Piers Morgan they consummated their union <laughs> on the stone table at the, at the front of the temple, and then they have turned into their terror dog forms, and then the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man in the form of Steve Bannon is sort of. <laughs> romping through down Regent Street with his foam spreading everywhere oh. and we're just waiting for Trump himself to cross into the physical plane and then you know the dead will rise won't they and who are you, you know, going to call Owen Jones Busters <laughs> Owen Jones Owen Jones Busters, Jones Busters. Owen Jones Busters. We, we did say this the other week didn't we but have you seen that video where he says we are all going to be asked by our grandchildren, yeah. what yeah. did you do when Donald Trump was on the rise? Yeah. Well, we're also going to be asked, what did you do when <laughs> Brexit was on the rise, Owen? Yeah. I, well, I still like Owen Jones, but fuck me. Well, I don't. Well, I know, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's like the Boston Tea Party. Bannon's here, Trump's here, all he, shit in their effluvia into the Thames. I, I mean, it couldn't have... Theresa May was, on Monday must have just been like, oh, God, I've got bloody Donald Trump coming at the end of the week. Yeah. And the end of the week must have seemed like a long way off on Monday afternoon. I know. And all she's got to look forward to is... She needs a walking holiday. <laughs> a walking holiday Trump. in Snowdonia. Uh, yeah. He's kind of a fascinating character, isn't he? Well, he is a fascinating character, yeah. But he's also a blowhard, a fool, you know, a I mean, charlatan. A very, very dangerous man. He is, yeah. But could we, do you think we can just model through... For three, another three years or so. It's so depressing, isn't it? Would he win again? He probably bloody would. Well, I, you know, will he even win oh. the will he win the midterm elections? He probably will, won't he? Now, oh. I, I would have thought so. Oh God. Anyway, but I do like the blimp. The blimp is good. Yeah, it's cool, isn't it? It's really upset Piers Morgan I can't as well. Understand why anyone's upset Ford. about it? I if know. I had a blimp, if I had me dressed yeah, as yeah. a baby above London. I'd be like, I've made it. This is it. Well, I would go out, wave at it, so that I'd have doing selfies with it in the background, wouldn't you? Well, exactly. You know, and you know, look, listen. I've, I, despite myself, I've got a, a, a quite a bit of time for Piers Morgan because he was my old boss at the Daily Mirror. Yeah, and he was very nice. To, he was very nice to me uh, when he, you know, uh, when he had to be. And um, but you know, his, his interview with with Sadiq Khan the other day, where he was going, "What if they made a balloon of you as a pig because you're a Muslim?" It's just, I mean, it was just, it's madness, lu- it isn't was it? ludicrous. It really is madness. Absolutely hilarious. And Nigel Farage as well, who, are, who I'm not going to mention in the Brexiteer of the week, no, but I do want to mention down. Nigel Farage, who I saw earlier on pissing and moaning on Sky News about this the, this balloon. And the other day, he said it was the biggest insult to a sitting US president ever. And that is Nigel Farage, who in November 2016 said, Obama is a creature, a loathsome individual who can't stand our country. The biggest insult to a sitting 
US prison. Well, by well, Britain or ever. Because Kennedy well, by, got shot in the back by, of the head. That's well, a fairly by, big that insult. It's a fairly big insult. <laughs> by Britain, I think. But, didn't we, but we did burn the White House down, didn't there we? I mean, that. yeah, there is that. that's quite an insult, I would have thought. Anyway, Nigel Farage, a f***ing idiot. Right, enough. We're going to talk about Jeremy <laughs> Sorry, Hunt. <laughs> <laughs> Next, with Jerry. Stay angry. Fight Brexit. Subscribe to The New European. Your first 13 issues of The New European are only £13 when you join us and become a subscriber. Order by telephone by calling 01858 438840 and quoting Podcast One, or order online at our website, www.neweuropean.co.uk. Stay angry. Fight Brexit. Subscribe to The New European. Jerry, welcome. Jeremy Hunt is the new Foreign Secretary. He is. Now, being a Tory health minister is a tricky job. Yeah, it's big. Did he do a bad job? I think if you asked staff, yeah. they would say yes. And if you asked Tory top brass? Um, a lot of them would say that, they, that he did a good job. Yeah. Um, he fought, they would say he fought the corner for his, for his brief, he got some extra cash... And you know, a lot of them say that the health secretary job is harder than being the PM. I agree. I think that I think that it's the toughest job, absolutely yeah. toughest job in government. So let's 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 focus in a little bit more on Jeremy Hunt because he was the longest ever yeah. health secretary, five and a half years, which says a lot about his very thick skin. Yes, um, but also uh, a lot about how tough that gig is. Well, we all saw, didn't we, in January when there was all the reshuffle going on, yeah. and he kind of marched in there and spent a lot of time in there and ended up coming out with more responsibility. <laughs> yeah. So, did, he, he he wore the badge on his yep. jacket. Yes. He I was, noticed that when Matt Hancock, the new health secretary, left down the street the other day, he had he obviously been handed the badge. Yeah. So, but is that enough? I mean, because you speak to doctors and nurses and health professionals all the time yep. on a daily basis. Are they uniformly opposed to Jeremy Hunt? Um... Yes. Um, <laughs> so, what sort of things do they? What sort of things do they say? Then, what's the problem? So, the, I think the problem for them is Jeremy Hunt very much positioned himself as the champion of patient safety, right? Um, and arguably, objectively, when you've not got so much investment in it, there are things that he did do that were positive. I mean, the midstaff scandal, for example, yeah. it is arguable that he was pretty clear on that. That patients needed to come first and that these problems needed to be sorted um but at the same time he's been in charge whilst for many on the front line it's felt busier and busier more and more squeezed and you know he's the he's the one in charge really mm. and yeah but i guess the health service like lots of other things have been hit by the austerity agenda yeah look i'm not sure it would have been any different had it been anyone else yeah but it was him yeah so it's simply a case of wrong time, wrong place, you think? Yes. So in that case, let's take away... Obviously, these guys have got a vested interest in it. There's not been a lot of cash for the NHS. I think that no. we spoke about this on the pod yeah, last week. We That's did, yeah. the main, that has been and always will be yeah, the main issue with problems for the health service. There's not enough cash for it. Um, what did they want him to do that he didn't do? Just get more money? Was it as simple as that? I think it's get more money... Um, you know, they they also a lot of people have a problem with how the NHS is being run in general. There's a lot of managers, a lot of highly paid managers, um, 
training's an issue with the nurses' bursaries being taken away, getting healthcare professionals into the job. They want things that will make doing their actual jobs... The actual caring The actual caring for people easier. Um, but that but that seems to me like something that that NHS trusts themselves should be trying to sort out. Is that not how it works? Well, it is how it works, but it isn't because the structures are put in place from the department. By the department, okay. Health, yeah. Um, so whilst there's a certain amount they can do on the ground, um, it, a lot of it is out of their hands. So... Will history look upon his time as health minister differently than doctors and nurses do, do you think? I think I think in the fullness of time um, that they will look at it and see that he did fight the corner for his department. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that he fought the corner for the NHS. There can be a difference there. But, um, but you know, he's been... That money that he got for the NHS, that um, 20 billion Brexit dividend, not Brexit dividend boost, he completely went off piste with that. He wasn't necessarily supposed to be announcing that much money. So mm. his commitment to getting that is obviously clear. Um, I think when we look back, potentially people will be less critical of him than they have been. Yeah, and I mean... But that's always the way, Purely right? from a... Well, yeah, I get Well... I'm not sure, but mm-hmm. purely on purely on a political basis, you've got to say that to stay in that job, as I said previously, to stay in that job for as long as he did, he's doing something right. He's weathered a lot of storms, you know, junior yeah. doctors, strikes, yeah. winter crises, all sorts. Yeah, he's and he hasn't is sat it, down or resigned. But is it is it because he's a skillful politician, or is it because he's just a detached politician who's not actually that bothered when people throw a muck at him? No, I do think he's a skillful politician, actually, and I think that. I think he's a skillful politician in that being a health secretary for someone who might potentially go for the leadership at some point yeah. is a big plus for him. Um, people love the NHS. It's always obviously a massive voting point. Yeah, yeah. Um, and being able to say that he was the longest serving health minister, I think will benefit him greatly in the minds of the general public. Okay. Um, so I think he's skillful in that sense. But yeah, he has he has weathered a lot of storms and stuck it out. And. Foreign Secretary, because yeah. there was talk of him being reshuffled out of health last time round. He yeah. fought his corner, he stayed with health. Suddenly, Foreign Secretary comes up and it's, oh, yeah, all right. Yeah. I fancy that. Yeah. Um, but the, these are two, I mean, if he, all he needs to do really is not drop a bollock because he's replacing Boris Johnson. I mean, it couldn't get much worse, really. <laughs> no. And to be fair to him, he's far more statesmanly than um, than, than Boris Yeah, ever I don't was. think we're going to see him hanging from a zip wire. No, and and he won't make the sort of gaffes that Boris no. made. So are we looking at a future Conservative leader here? I think we could be, and he definitely had those ambitions before, didn't he? When, um, yeah, when David Cameron stepped aside, he kind of threw his hat in the ring. And um, interestingly... On the on the kind of ballot of calling for a second referendum, mm, yeah, yeah. which he's since uh, turned turned on and is a staunch Eurosceptic now, like the rest of them, oh, obviously. Yeah. Collective responsibility, Collective responsibility. Returns to British politics. Yes, wow. yes. Um, he's a close May ally, um, but I actually don't think that the Foreign Office job is going to be as beneficial for any kind of leadership bid as the Health Minister job. Why not? Um, well, it's like I said about the NHS being close to people's hearts, and I think it's difficult to capture the hearts and minds of people with kind of 
unsexy meetings in Iran or whatever. But then, but then again, what about sexy meetings in Iran. How many sexy meetings in Iran have you had? <laughs> I don't think Couple. we need to know. <laughs> but then there could be some big wins there. You know, if he um, if he manages to I don't know um, get some wins with something that's really been in the public consciousness and free uh, Nazneen yes. and things like that. So got to be top of his list. Got to be top of his list because um, Boris well and truly balls that up, he didn't really he? Did, yeah. Um, then, yeah, I do think he could be positioning for, for a leadership bid. Briefly. Yep. Matt Hancock. Yeah. Hat Mancock. <laughs> sure. <laughs> he, he's next up for health. Yeah, he is next up for health. So I've got some thoughts on Matt, but you tell me yours. Matt, I think he hasn't covered himself in glory in the first few days because it's come out that he uses a app called Babylon which right. you might have heard of. It's, uh, I mean, you might have heard of it. I don't even know what an app is. <laughs> um, it's basically an app that you get on your phone where you have um, GP consultants and um, consultancies over the phone. Yeah. It's £25 a pop for a 10-minute consultation. Right. And, you know, kind of regular GPs kind of hate it. Because, Why? Why? Because um, you're paying for it is the one thing. And it's private healthcare, isn't it? It is essentially private healthcare. Um, but he has kind of praised it as being brilliant. And there are some suggestions that um, it's potentially not the best at catching some symptoms and things like that. But it's for those on the ground in the NHS who believe in a free at the point of service yeah. healthcare. Really for their new health secretary yeah. to say, this is a great service, is a bit alarm bells ringing. Do we know what um, what his ailment was? I couldn't possibly ask. <laughs> well, we could ask him. We could text him now. Should we say? Uh, my money's on an ingrowing toenail. Oh, do you reckon? Yeah. I think sleepless nights. Sleepless nights. <laughs> <laughs> doctor, I'm having trouble sleeping. <laughs> Go to your doctor because you can't sleep. It's because he's on his own app, isn't it? His app is hilarious. Cause yeah. It, it, it says, Matt Hancock wants to access your pictures. <laughs> <laughs> You have to give it the, you know what it says. The permissions. Yeah. Um, so, well, listen, I've got a lot of time for Matt Hancock. I yep. think he's. I think he was um, so across his brief with digital stuff. Yeah, he was. Um, I interviewed him a few months ago, and he absolutely knows what he's talking about on that. Do you think that, I mean, obviously, business were upset, actually, to lose him because yeah. they were, um, you know, startups and digital businesses were really thought that he was batting out to bat for them, and I think he was. Um are there some transferable skills and does the NHS need a sort of digital revolution? Yeah, um, in lots of ways it does. There are one million IT systems across the NHS, none of which talk to each other. It's ludicrous. It's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, Labour tried to sort that out and ended up spending billions of pounds. <laughs> and not potentially making anything. it worse. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there are lots of ways that the NHS could be kind of digitalised, revolutionised. A lot of patient records are still kept on paper, which frankly, in 2018, is bad. It is mad. Um, but, oh, do you know what? This is all going to cost a lot of money. It's going to cost a lot of money. Lucky they've got that £20 billion. Pounds. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, Matt Hancock, we wish him well, of course. Yeah. Um, and he, what what should be his sort of first thing that he needs to address, do you think? What would a, what would a doctor tell you if you asked them that question? Um, I think the first thing that he needs to address is the... Ingrowing toenail. Yeah, his own ingrowing toenail because you're not going to get any work done if that's bothering you. No, that's going to be limpy. Absolutely. Well. Infected at this point, I'd imagine. Oh! <laughs> My Hancock's pus-filled ingrowing toenail. But he should be, and he might not get an appointment because of this, winter pressures are still ongoing and it's July. 
the problems that they were seeing over the winter that's impacting them over the winter are still happening in July. So they're just pressures at this point. Um, And I think people would really like to see that solved before we get another round. And the way to solve it? Babylon. Show me the money. (laughs) (laughs) Babylon. Is there an NHS version of Babylon? Um, so in some areas, companies have won NHS contracts with with um, with those services, yeah. Um, and, you know, some people find them useful. People who can't get to the doctors or who live rurally. I think the big We've issue is... have got no internet, though, have they? They ain't got, any, rural, they ain't got so any 4G, so... Yeah, rubbish. Matt didn't quite sort that one out. No. He's on his way, though. He tells me he's, it's coming, it's coming. All right, Jerry. as always, thank you very much. Brexiteer of the Week. Steve, Brexiteer of the Week. Let's start with thinking about the stupid things that people have, have said. Michael Gove, there he is on the Andrew Marr sofa on Sunday. One of the things about this compromise, he says, is that it unites the cabinet. 30 hours later, <laughs> David Davis gone, Boris gone. If you go to Blackpool and you see a little hut on the seafront with Mystic Mike... And a little picture of Govey with his yeah. crystal balls out. Cross his palm with silver. Don't, do not cross his palm with silver. Yeah. James Dyson, Brexity vacuum cleaner salesman, as we know. Have you got a Dyson? He's done a... No, I've, I've got rid of it now. You live in a Witherspoons. Moral grounds. If you lived in a Witherspoons and had a Dyson. It would be double bubble, doesn't it? Wouldn't double it? Brexit bubble. Yeah. Um, there's an interview with him in GQ magazine. I don't really know why. He's not got very much interesting to say. Anyway, he's going on about Brexit again, as usual. He said, I would just walk away. The EU are making a huge fuss about Ireland, which is none of their business. Well, apart from, uh... apart from Ireland being in the, the EU, uh, yeah, he's, he's right. None of their business whatsoever. Dear me. Should we talk about Melanie Phillips for a minute? Yes. Because Brilliant, this was. Because she... I mean, Melanie Phillips, I think everybody knows. She writes for The Times now. She used to write for The Daily Mail. Back in the day, she used to write for The Guardian. Yeah. Um, she has uh, she tweeted this week, public faith in the democratic process is now in danger. OK, her solution, this is while all the infighting was going on on Monday, her solution was sack May, give Farage a peerage, make him the party leader and the prime minister, <laughs> at least until the UK really does properly leave the EU. Too fanciful? Desperate times need desperate measures. But I wanted to know That's, who was going is, to enact this. Well, I don't know. The Queen. The Queen, I think, yeah. <laughs> the Queen Melanie. But the, 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 um, I'm, the, best, the best way, that she thinks the best way to restore the public's face in democracy is to install a right-wing extremist with links to the Soviet Union, to, to, the, to Russia, rather, um, to become Prime Minister without even a by-election, let alone a general election, is quite... Sounds, sounds absolutely it. absolutely the right way to go to me. Talking about people who uh, uh, seem to, once seemed to be all right, but have now... John Humphreys, I mean, have you seen his salary? It's, it's extraordinary. It's it? extra- he owns £400,000, or or a little bit more, actually, between £400,000 and £410,000. Shearer's? Alan Shearer's salary. It's huge. I would rather listen to him on today. I know, but I mean, I, I, I don't mean to be rude. Yeah, no, be rude. All right, but as far as I can tell, what Alan Shearer does is watch football and then comment a bit on it. Yeah, that's it, yeah. Right. Well, that's what I do on a weekend. Yeah. But I have to pay for the privilege. Well, I could hear you doing it the other night <clears> when <throat> England went out. So Let's um, not talk about yeah, that. Okay. <laughs> anyway, John Humphreys, 
turn on I turn on today program one day this week. I hear somebody saying we're becoming a colony. What we're doing is kowtowing to Brussels even before they've made any demands. We're giving everything away. Well, that's what Boris. No. Oh, John Humphreys. What? John Humphreys. Well, they fought for the day. So imagine <laughs> if he resigned. I mean, that would be absolutely <laughs> terrible for the Brexiteers, wouldn't it? He's seventy-four oh, years Humph- old, John Humphreys. It's time, time to give it up. I His would say. interview with, and I don't like throwing, throwing shade. I think that's what young people throw shade. Yeah, don't like throwing shade at fellow journalists, but. Um, he uh, he ballsed up his interview with Davis. Awful. Yeah, he did. He really did. They should have let Nick do that. Yeah, Nick Cotton. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who's next? The Brexiteer of the week. Oh, please let it be Chloe Wesley. It's not Chloe Wesley. Oh. We like Chloe Wesley. Chloe, we Chloe Wesley actually seemed to quite like being second in the Brexiteer she, of the week. She last was. Week. She and we invited her on the pod. I haven't heard back from her. I'd love to have her on the pod. She seems like a very reasonable young woman with different political views yeah. than me. She has got a fan club, though, I believe. She's got some rather odd friends. Yeah. Let's leave it at Let's that. Let's leave it at that. Thank you for your email. <laughs> um, or emails, wasn't it? Emails, loved it. There you go. Brilliant. Um, this Brexit of the week is Nadine Doris. Ah. Well, it's interesting because I've got a week off coming up. Yeah. And I was... I've been looking through the New well, European for holiday reads. Yeah, and, and I can recommend ah. Shadows in Heaven ah. because what this has uh, what this has done all this unpleasantness this week has overshadowed the launch of Nadine's new book. Now, my grandmother, sadly departed, yes, um, is was Irish. Yes, and so I've got big Irish heritage. Well, but you're and gonna love this. I th- I heard that there was some really. Yeah, sort of good historical Irish so story. This. She's written a book, Nadine Doris. She's written quite a few books, hasn't yes. she? The Nurses yeah. of Lovely Lane. She <laughs> writes about a place called Lovely Lane, doesn't she? Lovely Lane. Um, and they're all nurses, and uh, they're having a lovely time. Now she's writing about the sort of the families that came to Lovely Lane or something like this. Anyway, immigrants. One of them is yeah. I know, what? Yeah, yeah. What? Um, anyway, one of them is is a, an Irish family, and so Shadows in Heaven, which is Nadine's new book, and it's launched was supposed to have launched this week, but obviously she's yeah. you know been otherwise concerned. It's set in the west coast of Ireland during wartime. The first fifty five pages of it are on um, her website, luckily enough. Oh, fantastic! So I can get into, before I buy it in the before airport. you buy it in the airport, yeah. you could get a, a flavour of it now. I must say, the in depth research. That she has done to really capture, is it good to take us to to what it must be like oh. in a little village on the west coast of Ireland during wartime, and it you know it's delved into the Irish national psyche. I would say, yeah, yeah. Um, so I've only seen the first fifty five pages, but already I've met characters called Paddy, uh, Seamus, yeah, Mrs Doyle, uh, Mrs Doyle, Mrs. There's a Mrs Doyle in it, right? There Does she are make tea? a lot of mentions of the old twinkling eyes. <laughs> People with red hair, whiskey. There are, I think, there are either eight or eleven men, mentions of Guinness in the first fifty-five pages. Oh my goodness! Stew, potatoes, and several variations on the phrase "so he does." Um, <laughs> so he does. So he is. Uh. Jim McDonald is is almost dictating <laughs> this. There is one sentence of it so far which has really leapt out from the page. Go on. Her breasts ricocheted about like rocks in socks. Rocks in socks. Rocks in socks. Were these these Irish breasts? Her Irish breasts ricocheted around like rocks in socks. And I am just wondering how much time, when you can write something like this, how much time 
can there possibly be before public demand forces Nadine Doris to retreat Absolutely. from politics and devote herself full-time to literature, like the, the Brexit Bronte that we all uh, <laughs> know her to be and that our times truly deserve. So, Nadine Doris, top of the morning to ye. <laughs> uh, Is it all right to say to a lady, ooh... Oh, your breasts ricochet around <laughs> like rocks in socks. I wouldn't try it over no, the weekend, no, single new European podcast <laughs> male listeners. Uh, but she is the Brexiteer of the week. Uh, I expect we'll get an email about bullying Nadine Doris. Yeah, now. probably. Yeah. What should the listener do right now? Well, I tell you what, the listener sh- what the listener should do is so the New European. Um, somebody wrote in this week to ask whether the New European was funded by the EU. Oh God, I get this Again, all the time. It's the, so the New European tiring. is an independent publication. We are owned and operated by Archon, which is a a local media company or a media company it's based in Norwich in East Anglia uh, and we've got various local newspapers we don't get any money from the EU the New European has Soros ever given you any money because I'm told he Soros, pays my wage no, all the time he's not given not me not a penny a, not a penny not even he's not even given me one of his speakers why are no, we here <laughs> uh, why are we here because you guys pay for the paper yeah simple as that now if you want to do more and and look you know we're 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 doing okay, but we're not, um, you know, we're not buying Turnberry off Donald Trump or anything like that. Then there's a new way that you can help us out, support our journalism. We were supposed to do four issues of this. We've done 103. We would like to do a lot more, and we'd like to do a lot more of these podcasts. You can go to steadyhq.com, S-T-A-E-A-D-Y-H-Q.com, uh, slash E-N, slash the New European, and you can... Contribute to us for six euros a month. Um, you'll get our, an exclusive weekly email, supporters' email. You'll get a name check on this podcast. Uh, if you give us nine euros fifty a month, you get all of that. You'll get a, a tote bag. You'll get your name in the newspaper. Twenty-five euros a month, you'll get all of that. You'll get a T-shirt. You'll get a branded notebook, a pen, and you'll be in the newspaper all the time as a patron. And if you want to give us two hundred and fifty quid a month, uh, two hundred fifty euros a month rather, uh, then you get some free advertising on the podcast and in the newspaper. So steadyhq.com/en/slash/the-new-european. Now, some people have already uh-huh. done this, it's, and it's, it's wonderful. So thank it? you so so much. You're helping us fight Brexit and keep all this alive. So and it's great. Big thank yous to Alan Bailey, yeah, Philippe Bauman, thank you, William Dale, thank you, Sebastian Esser, thank you, Sebastian, Will Gobel, yeah, Ian Johnson, Ian Johnson, Dave Joyce, yeah, Sampo Kosonen, Sampo Kosonen, thank you, thank Sampo. you very much. Gronya McKenty, yeah. Janet Rutter, yeah. Ian Waters, thank you. Douglas White, Gabriel Yoren, and Karen Cruikshank. Thank you so much. I think people don't realise actually how expensive journalism is because we've become accustomed to going online and getting it for free, yeah. pretty much. Quality journalism costs a heck of a lot of money. So thank you for your support. We will carry on doing this as long as we possibly can. And there'll be more names next week, I hope. Let's hope so, but thank you all. Don't forget you can follow the New European at the New European. You can join our uh, Facebook uh, readers group. You could just like us on Facebook. You can follow me on Twitter at uh, Sanglesey, S-A-N-G-L-E-S-E-Y.
And you can follow me at Porrit, P-O-R-R-I-T-T. That was the New European Podcast. Thank you ever so much for listening. It was an absolute pleasure and we really appreciate your ears. If you haven't already, go and buy the paper. As always, it's a cracker. It's £2.50. It's in all good news agents. We'll be back next week. Here is Mr Campbell to play us out. Here you go. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.